Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. It's the Opposition Research Podcast on HawkeyeNation.com. Welcome to the Opposition Research Podcast here on HawkeyeNation.com. My name is Andrew Downs. Each week I'll find a beat reporter, blogger, or broadcaster that covers Iowa's upcoming opponent. If you have a suggestion for who I should talk to in a given week, or if you have any questions you'd like me to ask, you can find me on Twitter at Andrew C. Downs. Let's get to this week's game, the Citrus Bowl against Tennessee in Orlando, Florida. It's a noon kick on New Year's Day. At last check, Iowa is about a six-point underdog. And my guest today covers Tennessee for the Knoxville News Sentinel. It's Adam Sparks. Adam, thank you for the time. Hey, good to be on. You know, a lot of Iowa fans haven't seen a lot of Tennessee this season, but it, it probably feels like you haven't seen the Vols team that will take the field New Year's Day either, you know, between opt-outs and transfer portal departures. We'll, we'll talk specifics in a bit, but overall, how different is the team that Iowa will play compared to the team that you've covered all season? Um, I mean, Quite different. Um New quarterback, uh, different running back, um, some of the offensive lines out, some of the receivers are out, almost the entire secondary is different. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, about, I, I would say about half of the starting lineup, uh, maybe really half of the two deep depth chart is going to be different because, you know, some twos are bumped up to ones, some threes are bumped up to twos. Uh, you know that's that's I guess that's pretty common in in bowl games uh, in this era now, but um, they, they they haven't had an enormous amount of opt outs or uh, or guys going into the portal. They've had you know about as many as anybody else, I, I guess, except for Iowa. <laughs> um, but it's uh, but they they've had it at a lot of positions by, by guys that have played a whole lot of snaps, and so you're going to see fifth-year seniors replaced by true freshmen. Granted, talented true freshmen, but guys that we just haven't seen play very much. With that being said, and we'll talk quarterback here in just a moment, um, does that turn this game for Tennessee into more of a preview for 2024 than a cap of the 2023 season? Yeah, absolutely it does. Um, the, you know, the, the 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 quarterback we knew we would see next year is going to be the quarterback that we see just a game earlier in this one. Um, the running back that we all knew was going to be RB one next year um, is is you know rolled out into that position right now. Um, you know, there's there's questions at receiver with Tennessee what they're going to be next year. Well, this will be an opportunity for some of those guys to sort of plant their flag and say I should be in the starting lineup next year. Um, you know, the guys that they that are actually going to come back of their COVID seniors are on the offensive and defensive lines, and those guys mostly are playing in this game. So, yeah, it, it's absolutely a preview. This, this team is going to look a whole lot more like what we see next September than what we saw, you know, this, this past November. 
We learned on Wednesday that Joe Milton will not play in the game, making room for that highly touted freshman, Nico Iamaliava. I hope I said that okay. Um, you, did, you did great. You no, did thank great. you. Thank you. Uh, you, you know, he, he's highly touted. Obviously, a, a lot of expectation there. Iowa has a really good defense. What, what are the expectations in this game for Iamaliava? Well, I mean, I think he has to be controlled and patient. This is an odd game to get your first start. Um, like you said, I, I mean, Iowa doesn't give up points. They don't give up yards. They don't give up third down conversions. They don't give up. Point, they don't give up touchdowns in the red zone. They don't give up big plays of really any kind. And so, you know, Tennessee is sort of conditioned. All Tennessee players are conditioned because of this Josh Heupel offense that you're supposed to score a lot and you're supposed to score fast. And if you don't do those things, something's wrong. Um, well. Iowa, in any Iowa game, except for, I guess, maybe the Penn State game a little bit, that just hasn't been the case. And, you know, it, I, I think Nico has to be told over and over and over, it, it's okay to punt. Um, you know, it, it's it's okay to drive the ball halfway down the field and then just, you know, flip field position. It's, it's okay to get a field goal if you can get close enough as opposed to a touchdown. You don't have to force things. Because um, I'm, I'm sure Iowa would love him to force things and get impatient and think, you know, this is my first start. This, we're supposed to be scoring 30. That's what we do at Tennessee. And it's not working. Why is it not working? Well, it's not working because you're playing Iowa and they just don't allow that to happen. So I think that's going to be, psychologically, I think that's going to be the biggest hurdle for Nico. You know, you talked about the change at running back and some of the wide receivers. Who else should we be looking for as Hawkeye fans when when Tennessee has the ball? Uh, Dylan Sampson is the running back you need to know. Um, Tennessee had uh, uh, three running backs this year that they they ran in a rotation. Jalen Wright is headed to the NFL. He was one of the best running backs in the country. Um, Jabari Small was a um, was a, a senior that had been around a long time, had a ton of carries, and was a really good pass protector. Dylan Sampson was the young guy this year, and he's going to move up from sort of the number three to the number one, but he's a really dynamic runner. He's a sophomore. Um, you know, he all season had been sort of a narrative, like when are they going to give this guy more opportunities? Because every time he touches the ball, something good happens. But there just wasn't room to give him carries. I mean, they actually expanded – um, the the backfield from a duo to a trio just to get him in. Well, now he he's the guy, and now they'll have three running backs. They'll have two other true freshmen back there, Cam Seldon and uh, and Khalifa Keith. But Dylan Sampson is the guy. Um, you know, I, I wonder how he's going to hold up for an entire game. His sort of shining moment was in the Kentucky game, which is probably Tennessee's best win. As uh, in the fourth quarter, their stud Jalen Wright was hurt, so it was Dylan Sampson's ball and. He got the ball 15 times for about 100 yards in, in just the fourth quarter, and it was one of the best moments for Tennessee this year. And so that told you he could do it in small stints and do it at a really high level. He just hasn't been the guy for an entire game. But he, he's a dynamic runner. He catches the ball well out of the backfield. Iowa does, just does not give up runs of more than 20 yards. I think they've given up one this year. Yeah. Um, Tennessee's used to getting a lot of those. So – I'll be interested to see how those two things collide. Defensively, been a lot of change. You mentioned it in the secondary, especially. Who should we be looking for as far as players or or position groups on Tennessee's defense? Uh, James Pierce is a he's an NFL caliber uh, pass rusher, one of the best in the country. 
Uh, he'll be coming off the edge. The, t- Tennessee has actually had two really good defensive ends, but one of them went in the transfer portal, and he's now headed to Ole Miss. So the other one that's left over is James Pierce. Um, dynamic off the edge. Uh, Tennessee's going to try to get to the quarterback really quickly because, you know, for a number of things. But number one, that's w- that's what they do. Um, they're, they're a good pass rushing team. They're a good defensive line team, and most of those guys are still there. Um, but um, but you know, number two is they want to protect their secondary. They haven't been great in the secondary all year, but now they're you know they're they're talented, but they're really really inexperienced. Um, I think it's seven DBs maybe have now gone into the portal, and uh, you know they played like eight or nine all year. Um, so you're going to have you know a a true freshman corner. Um, the third corner is probably going to be a true freshman. You may see a true freshman safety. Um, Tennessee plays five defensive backs. And, you know, they like to roll in, like I said, about nine guys. And I would say about four or five of those guys are going to be really, really inexperienced going into this game. So we'll see how it works. I mean, I guess it's sort of the opposite of Nico. If yeah. you're, you know, if, if you're, if you're a defensive back that's never played a lot, to get your first start against Iowa, I guess it's pretty good because you're facing a, an offense that just doesn't throw the ball much. Yeah, not going to get a lot of work in, in, on the deep ball or anything like that, unless Iowa's made some crazy changes in the last few weeks, which I guess you always leave open uh, going into a bowl game. Uh, Iowa almost always has an edge on special teams. I know Tennessee has a really good punter, a really good place kicker. How, how does Tennessee stack up overall in, in the third phase? Yeah, the Iowa punter and, uh, and Tennessee's punter, uh, Jackson Ross, are uh, uh, really good friends, is my understanding. Uh, Jackson Ross, an Australian, uh, an Australian, Australian rules punter. He'll, you'll, you'll see him, uh, you'll see him punt with his right foot and his left foot. He'll, he'll roll right, he'll roll left, he'll punt it straight away. Uh, he's a really good punter. Um, he, obviously, he'll be the second best punter in, in this game, but uh, he's a really good punter. Uh, they've got a, they've got a solid. Uh, kicking game. Um, D. Williams is the guy to know on special teams. A really dangerous punt returner. Has not had that many opportunities, but that's mostly because everybody knows in the SEC you don't punt to D. Williams. Um, he's a dynamic runner. He'll If you give him any space, he'll break one. Mm. Um, and so, you know, I mean, Iowa is, is, is the most equipped of any team in the country, I would say, to directional punting and keeping the ball out of the hands of a dangerous punt returner. So, I don't. I don't foresee him getting many opportunities. But if he gets one, it could it could make the difference in the game. You know, Iowa's game plan is going to be the same as it always is: slow things down, we'll win that field position battle, uh, limit mistakes on offense, create mistakes on defense, try to frustrate a young quarterback who who maybe isn't getting those chunk plays that that Tennessee is used to. If this game is played at Iowa's tempo, is if if I was able to dictate that, uh, can Tennessee still win? And I don't think so. I mean, I think that's the key to the game is what tempo is this game played at. I mean, Tennessee under Josh Heifel has been the, over the last three years, has been the fastest operating offense in college football. Now, last year it was really, really fast. This year it's sort of the narrative on the offense is why is it, you know, you, you're it's usually going 100 miles an hour. This year it's been going 70, you know, and so – uh, maybe the change of quarterback changes that a little bit. You wouldn't think so going from an experienced quarterback to a true freshman. Um, but, you know, sometimes sometimes when you put a new quarterback in, you go tempo because there's just less reads, uh, there's more rhythm, 
And so I would suspect they're going to try to get Nico to do that, to run at a high tempo. And if Tennessee can get to a high tempo and convert third down, uh, Tennessee's going to win the game. I have no question about that. But if Iowa can slow it down, Tennessee is going to be completely out of its element. I think you could get some players that would get impatient. Why, you know, why are you not scoring? And, uh, and I think Iowa wins the game. Um, you know, I mean, the thing is, Iowa is going to play, I think, the game it's played all year. So mm-hmm. There's a comfort level there. Tennessee is going to try to force Iowa to play its game, but it's going to have to force it with a lot of players that haven't played yet. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I think that's certainly something to watch. After the 2014 season, Iowa and Tennessee played in the Tax Slayer Bowl. We've dubbed that the Hawk Slayer Bowl up here because it was a, a lopsided win for the Vols. Not, not a ton of history between these two programs. Well, what's your sense of, you know, both inside the program and within the fan base, uh, the, the perception of Iowa from Tennessee? Stereotypical Big Ten. I, I would say that's the, that's the mm-hmm. um, perception. Um, you know, I mean, those stereotypes are, are always a little outlandish, but this time around bowl season, we always get the like SEC is 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 speed, um, Big Ten is power, mm-hmm. you know, Big Ten is more pro style, old school, SEC is a little more dynamic, and you get those two, you know, those two narratives colliding, and a lot of good bowl games this year, and I think I think Tennessee fans absolutely look at Iowa as this is what we think of Big Ten. This is a power, discipline, good defense between the tackles, slow it down type of football. And Tennessee has usually been, at least under Josh Heupel, more of the wide open uh, speed, put up a lot of points. It's okay if you give up 40 because you're going to score 50 type game. I don't think that's going to be this this game, but that, that's, that's sort of the style. And so I think the collision of the styles is, is stuff that I'm going to be interested in because I do think Iowa is absolutely what Tennessee fans picture as, as a Big Ten team. A contrast of styles, to be sure, should make for a fun game on Monday afternoon. He is Adam Sparks. Check out his work at the Knoxville News Sentinel. Give him a follow on Twitter at Adam Sparks. Adam, thank you so much for the time. Yeah, no problem. Good to be out. So there it is. It's going to be interesting. You know, a lot of times these bowl games go the way of uh, which team wants it more. Iowa, I think, wants this game for a lot of different reasons. An 11-win season, a win against an SEC team, uh, uh, sending Brian Ferentz out with a win. Uh, all these players have have you know not opted out of this game, are, are excited to, to play this game. Certainly feels like Iowa has the edge in the want-to department, but this Tennessee, it, it creates a whole lot of, uh, of interesting variables when you got a bunch of guys you haven't seen play, a bunch of guys who have been waiting their turn and now get their opportunity to uh, to do this on a, on a national stage. Uh, and again, that contrast to styles. If I was able to dictate tempo, you heard Adam say it, uh, unlikely that, that Tennessee is able to, to win. I think that's the key for Iowa. Frustrate the hell out of Tennessee. This offense that expects to get big plays, that expects to, sc- to score a lot of points, uh, if you limit them, they're going to get frustrated. Can they play an entire game at Iowa's tempo? Uh, it, it, that, that certainly bodes well for Iowa if they're able to do that. 
But again, this is always a referendum on Iowa's offense. Can they move the ball? Can they hold the ball? Can they score uh, when they when they're given those opportunities? When the defense or the special teams puts them in the position to score, are they able to do that? If not, you you have trouble winning a game like this. If if Iowa's offense looks like it did against say Rutgers, Iowa wins this game uh, not easily, but but certainly uh, wins this game. I, I think so. Should be a lot of fun on Monday. We're gonna have it covered from every angle as we always do at HawkeyeNation.com. I'll have an instant reaction podcast, and we got a lot going on at HawkeyeNation.com. So check us out. Give us a follow. Follow along, like, and subscribe to the podcast. I appreciate you listening, and go Hawks. <laughs>